From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Hanging out of Miami for the day. It's a field trip. FTX Arena, Miami Heat Media Day. Still on the bandwidth Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken LaVica back in West Palm. Anajar Levine, Action and Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm. Pierre Garçon with us. We are celebrating the Dolphins today. The Dolphins are, in my opinion, I mean, it's not just record-wise, but especially after having 19 minutes of possession in a football game, being doubled up in amount of plays run. They ran, what, 36 plays yesterday which to is, Buffalo's which, 90? Which is half of what you try to accomplish normally <laughs> yeah. in a regular football game. It gets unheard of. It is. It is unheard of, and they still beat the Bills. And so this is why when, when oh, the Bills are still the best team in the AFC East. The Bills are still the best team because they dominated, they dominated, they dominated. But what does it say about you when you dominated time of possession and you still couldn't find a way to win? You couldn't execute in the biggest moments, and the Bills have a history of not executing late in games in winning moments. I mean, what is? how are you supposed to consume that? It's easy to say, oh, the Bills are better. But nothing about yesterday, to me, especially end result, screams, oh, yeah, they're better than the Dolphins. Yeah, so you ask, you know, what does it – what do we make of it, right? But it has nothing to do with the Bills, I think. It has everything to do with the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And that's easy for us as fans to say. But it's true. Like, if you do outgain them by almost 300 yards and double amount of passing yards as far as the quarterback matchup goes, it does say more about the Dolphins than it does the Bills. I, I, I mean, listen, Pierre, I don't think anybody's going to magically agree with me that <laughs> the, 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 the Dolphins are the best team in the AFC East. And we know the Bills are still going to be the favorite in the AFC. And they have the quarterback and they have the weapons. I love Tua. But in a vacuum, of course, you're taking Josh Allen over Tua. Tua. That said, I don't think there's anything to be diminished about the Dolphins' win yesterday. The only thing that I think is leading people to trying to diminish the Dolphins' win is that people love the Bills. The Bills are this cuddly, time-is-now team. We love the fans who throw themselves through tables. We love the aura of the Bills. I really think that's why they're getting so many excuses made for them today. The Dolphins did what they had to do to win. People love the Bills. The Dolphins did exactly what they had to do to win, and that was leading by the defense. I think the number one thing that the Dolphins beat the Bills at was the turnover battle. It was 1-0. The Dolphins got a turnover correctly. Yeah. And Everything else didn't matter besides the scoreboard. So those are the two most important things. The defense did their thing. They won the turnover battle. The time possession, that's the third most important thing. But the scoreboard, the turnover battle, and then the time possession, I think that's what the Dolphins did, and that's what we knew the Dolphins' defense would do. It was either going to be a really good game by the Dolphins' defense or a really bad game by the Dolphins' defense. And they proved it to be a really good game, and they won it. Ken, you're always somebody who says football is very simple. and It's a simple sport. Pierre yeah. threw me an alley-oop there because I was <laughs> going to bring up the turnover margin. Like Year after year, I'm so impressed and shocked that the percentages, right, when you do win the turnover margin, that turnover battle that you win football games. It might be the most significant <laughs> indicator of having success on the field. It is, and it's something as a fan you don't even realize, right? Like you don't get those stat sheets, and then you go to work Monday and you forget who turned it over and how yep. many turnovers one team had, but it is the most significant stat in a football game. Time of possession, and uh, I'm someone who calls a lot of soccer. 
uh, in the summers, okay? And one of the stats that's shown all the time is possession, possession, possession. But especially in that sport, possession doesn't matter. It doesn't. Because there's so many different styles. You can get out on the counter and beat the hell out of teams and design your 11 on the pitch to beat up on teams that love to hold possession. But then you just bang them down the field and you win. Football, time of possession, is it, it d- d- depending on how you play, is it important? Sure, but is it the end-all, be-all? Absolutely not, and yesterday was proof of that. You're right, I think. Ending the half with points is a more, you know, vital statistic yeah. than that in itself. I think if you can, you know, time of possession, if you can go get points at the end of the half or prevent a team from scoring points, that's more significant, you know, when the final score and what the box score says than time of possession. I yeah. agree, Stone. And the way Buffalo Bills ended that first half, what a, what, a, what a disrespectful play to the Dolphins defense and to Mike McDaniel, that's w- w- how it ended up not working yeah, out well for them. They tried to pull a fast one. It yes. didn't work out well. And it almost was a pick six. Xavier <laughs> Howard was there, and I think he was stunned that that ball actually got on him as quickly as he did. He was in position to pick it off. And speaking of, of the, the uh, turnover battle, it was one zip in favor of the Dolphins. It could have been 5-1, to 6-1. to one. The Dolphins dropped so many interceptions mm-hmm. yesterday. For yeah. sure. I think even as far as ending the half, like we had just spoken about, that going into the locker room, preventing them from scoring points is huge for your mental. Huge yep. for a head coach. Yep. It's easy. It's the first thing you talk about. Awesome job ending the half, guys. And as a player, especially a quarterback, right, there's a lot less weight on your shoulders starting that third quarter off. You just have a clear mind. Ending the half is way more important than time of possession. I love that we brought that up. Um, real quick, and we'll get back to football. We're at Miami Heat Media Day. Uh, how do you think um, Celtics Media Day is going right now? <laughs> That's a great question. It's a great great question. Um, uh, All I know is that when Stephen A. Smith last week is tweeting, it's bull bleep how the Celtics have treated Ime Adoka. And then there's a press conference where they're legitimately saying, the Celtics are saying without saying, uh, yeah, there's a lot more to it. And there's probably some discussion about a consensual relationship that nobody in the Celtics has backed up. It was just one report from Shams that put it out there uh, to now uh, Stephen A's having to back away and back away and back away. Yeah. This immediate rush to defend Ime Adoka without actually knowing what took place. Like the Celtics wouldn't just be like, oh, you're sleeping with someone in the organization? Ah, that's a year. No, 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 no. There was always going to be more to it. There was always going to be a vast rush to defend Ime Adoka, and those who did it last week honestly look like jackasses, especially with how hard they dug in that the Celtics were mistreating the man who just brought the team to the finals. You think the Celtics wanted to do this? Do you think this is something where the Celtics had a zero-tolerance policy within that organization? No, we're not stupid. We always knew there were going to be layers to this, and now the Celtics are in a tough spot. But honestly, a guy like Stephen A. Smith lost a whole lot of integrity last week with how hard he thought Ime Adoka was getting screwed when it turns out, gasp, that maybe just maybe he's not the good guy that people just assumed he was. For sure. And I'm not going to sit here and say that Instagram and Twitter is a trusted you know, media source. But I saw Matt Barnes post a story to his Instagram where he said... You know, there's a lot more going on, and I had to delete my tweet, and I had to apologize. It's Matt Barnes. And then he ended it by <laughs> saying, you know, I'm praying for Ime, and I'm praying for these people in the organization of the Celtics. And I'm like, oh, he God. He was shook by it. Oh, God. This is the same so, Matt Barnes who drove to L.A. for the sole purpose of kicking Derek Fisher's ass. <laughs> okay? Like, he he definitely is not one to be stunned right. by, by news that comes his way. There is something 
that obviously the Celtics, there are legal ramifications. There are major problems. So there you guys are, have to quickly fill me in on Oh, oh okay, okay. New, so oh, this is good. So this is good. Ime Adoka, yes. the Celtics head coach, is suspended for the year mm-hmm. because of a what's reported uh, a relationship with a staffer. Okay. Reported consensually. Report initially reported consensual, right. but by one person, and that's Shams Sharana with the Athletic. That has not been backed up by anybody else. And so the Celtics had a press conference, a very cryptic press conference on Friday to discuss the suspension and uh, it certainly appears as if there are major legal ramifications that are involved nobody has been able to prove that there was a consensual relationship that took place perhaps at one point it was consensual Uh but then became non-consensual uh it is yeah there's a lot to this it was just a lot of uh a lot of assumption that Ime Aduka was being treated unfairly. People sleep with people. People cheat on yep. people. And fine. That's fine. I even said it on the show on Thursday when all of this was coming to light. Like I, The act of cheating, the act of sleeping with somebody outside of your relationship, okay, it happens. It's for him to deal with, and you move on. And I, I there was a lot of people, Pierre, too, saying, oh, it's his business. It's his business. Why is this even being put out there? It's irresponsible. No, 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 no. When there is uh, apparently the actions taken by the Celtics suspending him for the year, that's only happening when there are potential legal issues coming. Mm -hmm. It's not just a consensual relationship. Oh, we hooked up. You're not worried about being sued in that spot. You're not worried about a criminal investigation in that spot. You become worried when a relationship becomes toxic to a point where it's been reported to superiors, where there's the potential of lawyers getting involved. There's the potential of law enforcement getting involved. And that's where it feels like this is headed or Ooh. was headed, which is why the Celtics did what they did. But there was a rush to defend Ime Adoka, and I get it. I understand it. He's a very good coach for a heralded organization coming off of winning the Eastern Conference. He's obviously, as a black head coach, someone that, you know, I, I will always say that a, head, a black head coach in any sport uh, will always have more to prove than a white head coach. It's just the nature of the business. It's the nature of sports. It's an inherent racism, and it's really frustrating. And so I think that was part of the rush to defend Ime Adoka is that you want to see someone who's already um, uh, he's found success despite already sort of starting behind where his white counterparts would. You want to see him succeed. You don't want to see someone like that get torn down. It's easy to say oh, he's being targeted, but but in the process of that, some people like Stephen A. Smith made themselves look really, really bad because they were just reacting without actually letting some of the common sense seep in. Why in God's name would the Celtics have suspended Ime Adoka a year for sleeping with a staffer if it was that simple? It was never going to be that simple. So there's there's your rundown. Just in short, <laughs> Pierre. It. Yeah, I appreciate. So, it. so this story's not going away anytime soon. No, it's going no, to court. not at all. It, it it might it might not even go to court. But I think that what the the Celtics suspending him for the year and then not being able to say anything about it 
that leads me to believe that there are already lawyers involved yes. because they're trying to be very, very careful with wording, and they don't want anything that can be used against them from an organizational standpoint if there is something that is eventually put forth in front of Ime Adoka where there is going to have to be uh, lawyers or court proceedings or something along those lines. But Celtics Media Day is going on right now in Boston, and I just want you – I'm going to read this quote from Jalen Green just so you get an idea of, uh, of how things are going up there right now. Uh, Jalen Brown, this according to Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated, quote, I wish we had more details about the Odoka suspension. From what we know, it's hard to make a decision whether it's consensual or not. I guess there's more to it possibly. We don't know. This is ugly. Like, this <laughs> very, is really, really, really I'm really surprised ugly. someone even allowed I don't, him to uh, say why, stuff like that. Why is the PR for the Celtics, you're exactly right, Stone, why is the PR for the Celtics even allowing players to address it? It should be no comment, no comment, no comment, no comment. I mean... You were you were a pro athlete, uh, yeah. Pierre. Yes. Like when when something throughout the course, the field. <laughs> yeah, throughout the course of a season, there's always going to be something that's going to be sensitive. Maybe not like this, but distracting. Yeah, like what PR team? I'm sure you got prepped plenty by PR teams. Hey, this is how you might want to angle this answer, or just avoid. Uh, you know, whether it's a team not playing well and there's uh-huh. coaching speculation, things like that. I'm sure that happened to you plenty. Plenty of times, but they tell you to avoid it. And as a player, you you're you're commenting on what you know, what you can control, and what you know they're here for. And if it's off the field, we tend to not talk about it as much, or you know, we we don't have the information either because we're focused on our job, our task. So, you know, players should definitely say less. Now, keeping your players in the dark though, and sending them to the wolves though, it's one of the craziest things that I, that mm-hmm. I've. I've, I've ever seen in a situation like this. Yeah, like, go get them, guys. Like, we're not going to give you any information. We're not going to tell you not to say anything. But in the back of our heads, we know it's going to be the first question that you guys are asked by each and every single person with a media credential. Yeah, they yeah. definitely prep you for it. They definitely tell you when it's a big press conference. When it's an open locker room, you can't prep everybody because sure. you know, they'll grab whatever player they can grab. But when it's, you know, the quarterback or the, you know, the, the one of the captains of the team, uh-huh. they, they, they'll let you know, hey, this is the hot topic of the day, and just say no comedy, you know nothing about it, and move forward. But but, but Pierre Jalen Brown is one of the most important and most popular players on this team. Uh-huh. Like, he's one or two the best player on the court at the time for the Celtics, so they didn't let him know anything. No, and, and when you're getting a quote, and, and again, I understand. I understand it's a very sensitive topic, but when Jalen Brown is saying, quote, from what we know, it's hard to make a decision whether it's consensual or not, <laughs> that's <laughs> not good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because, it, yeah, what is he doing there? And if you have to ask, if you have to make the statement, it's hard to determine whether it's consensual or not. Probably like, not. Common sense dictates that it's probably the latter and not the former. And it also gives you an indication of maybe just maybe where the Celtics are, where, uh-oh, coach did something he wasn't supposed to or said something he wasn't supposed to. And to me, uh, there's uh, hard to make a decision whether it's consensual or not. Jalen Brown is towing a very, very, very dangerous line into victim shaming, which is where Stephen A. Smith went, and he knew it, and he blew up at Malika Andrews on ESPN on Friday, who was trying to educate him on that, simply point out that what he was saying was dangerous. And Stephen A. Smith acted like a petulant child and went after Malika Andrews. But if you're going to be making statements, Jalen Brown, you're a key part of that organization saying it's hard to make a decision whether it's consensual or not, someone needs to tell Jalen Brown to shut up. Mm -hmm. 
to stop talking because he doesn't know his owner and his general manager didn't want to make a single comment about any of the particulars. He needs to follow suit because it is clear that the Celtics are in an impossible legal situation right now and Ime Adoka didn't get suspended just for nothing. So by comparison, Heat Media Day, where Stone and I are at, very, very tame. A lack of drama where the Heat's head coach, not here, Eric Spolstra, because he is off expecting the birth of his third child, a daughter, today. Now, before we get to a break, I do, I do want to make a PSA here because we are at Miami Heat Media Day. Yes, yes. Kids, if you're listening and you aspire to go play in the pros, whether it's basketball or football, just go ahead and hang it up. Give it up here because every single player that's walked by us. Uh, Stone is, has is, had a major revelation about what pro athletes. Uh, is, I have. Yeah. Is seven foot tall. Yeah. And we're talking about a starting point guard in, that we've seen, you know, Kyle Lowry or, or Tyler Hero or Gabe Vincent that are ginormous people. Dwayne Dedman, I almost broke my neck looking at. So if you aspire to go play in the bros, give it another gander because these <laughs> dudes are humongous. Yeah. Learn how to uh, balance a checkbook and yes. uh, debits and credits. Go to the accountant route because uh, this is uh, this is tricky. All right, let's take a break. We believe Bam Adebayo is on the way. He's Stone Lebanowitz. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaBecca Live on ESPN 106.3. All right, still my favorite thing from today at Heat Media Day is Stone just dapping up Max Struess. Like they've known each other. Like they're boys. Like they went to college together. Max Struess walking by, Stone just reaching out, dapping him up. Move on. Like yeah, it is totally, totally cool. All good. Yeah, just hit him up on Snapchat. So we're probably gonna try to go grab a bite at the Clevelander, <laughs> or, or, or oh, yeah? maybe you know go dance a little bit, go pool party. Oh, nice. It's my man. Are Maxie. you gonna do the same thing with Max Struess that you wanted to do with Aaron Judge? If you caught the sixty-second home run ball, is like hold him hostage to be your friend and at least uh, be a uh, a social media friend to yeah, make yourself I mean, look good. I think now you got me thinking, and you're right. Maybe I should somehow hold him hostage before I get out of here. <laughs> Uh, Pierre, yes, I want to. I want to ask you: Is it so? So, if Aaron Judge, if Stone caught his sixty-second home run ball, yes, I told him like, "Hey, hold it hostage. It's worth a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Negotiate with the Yankees. There's a ton of money in that organization." He yep. said, "I don't need the money. What I would like is, I would say, hey, Aaron Judge, you want your ball back um, for a year." Stone's like, you hang out with me, different places in New York. Uh, you got to put it all over your social media that you're hanging yep. out with your boy Stone. It's like helicopter rides with him, trips to Central Park. Uh, picnics. Picnics, uh, going out to eat at a nice outdoor place in Soho. Swan rides Swan on the rides lake. Swan rides on the lake, things like that. And it's got to go all on Aaron Judge's uh, social, social media. media as if Stone and him are boys for a full year. Then Aaron Judge can get that home run ball. I, I think that it's sad, but it's also, I mean, I, I also respect someone who's trying to get theirs, trying to get clout, trying to raise their profile, which Stone would absolutely be doing. So for you, that plan that Stone is hatching, if he can get the 60-second home run ball for Aaron Judge, is that is that a good idea or is that pathetic? I think it's a great idea. Nice. I think it's a great idea. Definitely use it to your leverage. You have the home run ball. So, you know, use it, get what you want out of it, and uh, I'm sure Aaron Judge would definitely want that ball. 
to have yeah, definitely. the ball. And the MLB would want it too, right? Yeah. For sure. But so I yeah. told Stone he can't give him the ball until the yeah. year of friendship has been completed. Yeah, I try to compare it to what we see kids, a part of their NIL deals in college football, right? They have a uh-huh. chore list. Like, it's three social media posts per week. You have to hop on this interview. So, yeah, I want him to wear shirts that say Ken Levick Alive with mine and Ken's <laughs> face on them. Yeah. I want selfies. I want to be. I want my NIL deal I, chore list. I love the creativity. I, I think that we might be on to something. It can be pathetic and a good idea at the same time. <laughs> yes, it can. Like, it, it doesn't have to be just one or the <laughs> other. Uh, I drove down here today to the heat practice facility at FTX Arena, heat media day in my Kia K5 GT. Handles all types of weather. Looks like it's actually raining right now. We're going to start getting some of those bands from uh, Hurricane Ian, which is going to be really annoying for the next couple of days. But luckily, I got those Pirelli tires on my beautiful Kia K5 GT that I got at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Military Trail, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport. If I have to drive throughout South Florida, then why not in a Kia from Greenway Kia where when you show up, they're going to have your back. They have creditors on site. They have bankrupts on site trying to make sure that you are taken care of. Even if your credit's bad, you can drive off the lot with a beautiful Kia from Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. That's why I appreciate them. It's why they're my dealer. It's why I send people there because Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, they get it. They understand. It's not a sunshiny utopia for everybody from a financial situation. They live in real life. So if you have bad credit, don't think you can't get a new automobile or something great at Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. That's GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. Check out that selection beforehand and then get yourself to Military Trail, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport in West Palm, Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach beach all right so um tua i'm gonna ask you pierre someone who played the game yep tua tongue of Iowa. yeah he hits his head on the ground after a late hit yesterday oh. wobbles not once not twice but three different times collapses it collapses comes off the field initially the dolphins say he's questionable with a head injury and then all of a sudden after again teddy we love you but two dreadful <laughs> teddy bridgewater passes um he comes back out of the locker room for the second half, and he's throwing footballs around, warming up. He's getting the crowd into it. Tua is, and proceeds to play the entire second half. And then the Dolphins say, oh, no, 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 it was his back. And Tua says, no, it was my back. I've been having back issues. And so I was just a little wobbly from that. It was locking up on me. Uh, your gut feeling tells you what about well, this whole Tua thing? Well, I was at the game, so I saw it. We all thought it was a head injury as well. But, you know, as a football player, you do receive – you do get hit from – the field, the, the ground actually is a defender, and when your lower back, your your backside hits the ground, you do lose feeling in your legs, and it go, it shoots down your leg, and it it could be nerve, it could be you know soreness, but you know that does take an effect on how you walk. It, we did see the helmet hit the ground, but that lower back for a quarterback, it, it, it's important. His nerves, his legs, they weren't strong enough for that impact for that moment, and I can believe it. You know, the Dolphins obviously made the right choice, right? Because we have a big-time NFL player right now backing mm-hmm. it, saying that. So I think the Dolphins made I, the right choice, listen, right? I was defending the back injury. I'll stuff. say this. It's the I, back injury for sure. And, and <laughs> I – all I'll say is that it's a good thing Stephen Ross isn't involved in this because he'd find a way to butcher it because he's a terrible cheater. He just tries to throw money at everything. <laughs> um, I'll give the Dolphins credit. They got everybody on board – to tell the same story. 
they've all, from Mike McDaniel after the game to Tua after the game to anybody who was it's, asked it's about it. It's what happened. It's what happened. It's uh, not yeah, a story. It's what happened. It, it, that, it is their version, and they have absolutely gone with it. That, oh, it was a back. It was a back. Now, was it a back? I don't know. We'll sure, probably never know. But the NFLPA is going to have an investigation now. They want answers as to what took place and what actually was ailing Tua and what the doctors did. But I, I, I'm seeing, like Josh Cohen, who you're going to hear at 4 o'clock today, tweeting mm-hmm. that, oh, it's going to be a Tua conspiracy all week. No, it's not. Can this the is- NFLPA can do their investigation. We will open the doors for them to do their investigation. This is what happened. This is the injury. The NFLPA yeah. is looking to confirm firm what happened and we have we as players have nothing to hide from the nfla so we welcome the investigation we're right. happy that they're investigating it see and totally. that's, that's a good company line from pierre garcia the dolphins <laughs> the dolphins the dolphins absolutely should put you on payroll Pierre. that was excellent but it, i mean i'm all for player safety mm-hmm. okay and mm-hmm. i think all of us are and i'm not one of those oh rub some dirt on it take some advil and get back out there if you're messed up you're messed up you shouldn't play the long-term ramifications aren't worth it if it's a head injury all i'll say and again a la justin herbert uh yeah huh uh, and I don't know why he played that entire game yesterday when they were getting smacked around and he's got half a rib. Um, but I, I I, look at Tua, how he played. He didn't appear, and I know sometimes the symptoms are hard to, to pick out. Didn't mm-hmm. appear as if someone who was woozy didn't know where he was, didn't know how to. His first pass was a 25-yard pass to Tyreek Hill coming out of the third quarter mm-hmm. and obviously hooks up with Jalen Waddle. Listen, did the Dolphins cheat? Maybe. 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 <laughs> no, I, I, no. They, they, maybe the back There's injury. There's no cheating. There's no cheating. <laughs> maybe the back injury is legitimate, okay? But what I'll say is to think that this is going to be a long, drawn-out, um, uh, consequence-ridden situation for the Dolphins, you're just looking for drama. You it's definitely not. Are. It's not. Even if the Dolphins collect a fine, fine. Pay the fine. Move on. As long as Tua, as long as the Dolphins determined Tua, as long as Tua determined he was okay, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. me as a Dolphins fan, I'm fine with it. Maybe I'm being hypocritical, but again, this investigation isn't going to be anything where, oh, ghastly, shocking, my God, the character of the league. Right. Who well, cares? Well, honestly, they have to do it quick because these guys have a quick turnaround for a yeah. Thursday night game too as well. And oh, yeah. Tua wow. say he's good. The doctors say they did do all the protocols. It, technically, know, yeah, he's not in protocol. He doesn't have to clear anything at this point. Yeah, but the investigation has to happen quick because there's a decision that has to be made because right. if they think it's a concussion, you have a certain – during the week, you have certain tests to go through too because you have to be confirmed for the next game. But, right. you know, the investigation that the NFLPA is going to do it has to be done quicker because they have a game Thursday night. As it stands, like Tua's clear bill of health, right? So you're right. If they're going to investigate and they're going to to try and force Tua to take uh, some of these concussion tests, mm-hmm. like the, you're right. Those are going to have to happen in an expedited 48-hour span because as it stands right now, Tua's a full go for Cincinnati. You might just take some backdoor WhatsApp conversations, right, between Stephen Ross, Mike McDaniel, and Tua Tungavailoa just to figure out, you know, how we're going to attack this thing. But as it stands right now, full. It's, it's, it's a lower back injury. Right, right. And what I'll say, too, it's a great thing knowing what we know about Stephen Ross, who decided it was a great idea to go to his entire front office and say, hey, we're going to tank this year. Uh, Brian Flores, we're going to tank this year. Worry about the draft as if people weren't going to to rat him out on that and have a problem with it. He's the worst cheater of all time. It's a good thing Stephen Ross is suspended right now because I'm sure there'll be WhatsApp messages from Stephen Ross. Hey, does he have a concussion? Can he walk? Ah, put him back in the game. No problem. And then those would obviously come to light because he's a terrible (laughs) cheater. It's a good thing Stephen Ross is suspended and wasn't involved in this entire thing. 
<laughs> we are happy the way it's moving and looking forward to Cincinnati on Thursday night. That's right. On to Cincinnati. Um, uh, so we have Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, who uh, was giving the latest on Tua Tungavailoa. Cyrus, let's go ahead and play uh, Ian Rappaport, who was the first to reveal the back situation that the Dolphins and Tua put out there. Here's Ian Rappaport from this morning on NFL Network on Tua. Yeah, it's going to be some time before we figure out and, and find out what the results of this decision are. Meanwhile, uh, Tua, who did show up at postgame with his back tightly wrapped with a See, they even did that. Nice. Sort of apparatus <laughs> on his back. Uh, certainly Tua An apparatus, not even a bandage. Play, play through this. We will monitor how he's doing. The optics, no doubt, were bad. You see Tua take a late hit from Matt Milano. His head banged in the turf, gets up wobbly. It all looked bad in the stadium on TV, and then you find out later that it's actually a backslash neck injury more so uh, that, that caused the wobbling. Obviously, it is also worth noting, Tom, that it is an independent neurologist and independent doctors who make the choice of whether or not Tua can return to the field. It's not simply the Dolphins saying, all right, you're good to go. More information as this comes as the NFL and the NFLPA now look into it. Well, yeah, it here's my takeaway on this. The Bills not only screwed by the Dolphins and in cahoots with the Sun yesterday, <laughs> the Dolphins are also in cahoots with the independent doctors. Here we the go again. Neurologists. The independent Bills, arbiter. You know what, Bills fans, you're right. You, you got totally screwed yesterday because the Dolphins, they're in it with everybody. They've paid off the independent doctors. They've paid off the Sun. You're in such trouble, Bills. You never stood a chance. You know what, the Bills fans crying, I get it now. Everybody Everybody was was completely against you yesterday. It's such a sham, the whole thing. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Independent Arbiter, Sue Robinson, or, or somebody. Bring in Sue Robinson. Bring her in. Yeah, yeah, all right. No, exactly. No, Bills fans, you're right. Everybody was against you. The doctors, the sun, the entire thing. Uh, there was no way you were going to come out of Hard Rock Stadium uh, with a win. But I will say this. If it's not. If it's not a concussion, or if it is a concussion, if Tua did suffer a concussion, we might never know. The fact that the Dolphins had the wherewithal to put not just a bandage on his back, but an entire apparatus, and I'm imagining something like or like RoboCop, where it's just like he's like creaking around all mechanically. Like that's when Stephen Ross is gone, the Dolphins cheat so well. Yeah, like I mean they, they, they've learned they've learned they, how to do it correctly. They've corrected I mean, mistakes. We're impressed. Yeah. Well, as soon as Tua said it, I was like, damn. That's awesome. And I'm somebody who has slipped three or four discs in my lower back and had to have spinal surgery. And was that all it difficult to walk? Oh, my God. Yeah. Just like uh, Pierre said, like you, the nerves, they could really snap and collapse on you at any time, and you lose all feelings in your leg, and that's where you'll collapse. So the math adds up on that. It's really well thought out. But at the same time, it could be your back because your back is your neck, and your neck well, is your head. I don't know, Stone. I don't know if I trust you who's had <laughs> back injuries and has had uh, issues walking because of those back injuries, or if I trust Louie in his basement in Wichita, Kansas, right. and he has Cheez-It crumbs all over his pants in his mom's basement who decided that the Dolphins are cheating because Tua clearly had a concussion. I don't know if I trust you, the former D1 athlete, or Louie with the the uh, the pizza rolls that are cooling on his laptop. Got to okay? decide. I don't know. You got to pick a side. Just, it's Stone or Louie. I don't know. It, it's just, hey, <laughs> Louie living with mom or Stone, who actually had back problems? I have no idea. Um, are the Dolphins cheaters? Are the Dolphins dirty cheaters? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. And Louie, if you're listening, just find a job somewhere. Okay? Get out of the house. Stop depending on mom. 
She's done plenty for you. All right? We're at Heat Media Day. That's Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. <laughs> From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Hey, Pierre, here's our answer. Pierre Garcon back in the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios downtown West Palm Beach. I'm Ken LaVica, Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights. We're at Heat Media Day, FTX Arena on this Monday. But, Pierre, here's, uh, here's your breaking news brought to you by St. Lucie Battery and Tire. Mike McDaniel just announced Tua not in the concussion protocol. Awesome. So there you go. Awesome. It's a back injury. We got to win on Thursday night. That's right. Ooh, that's a uh, Pierre's already going bold. It's a claim. <laughs> I tell you what, if if the Dolphins win Thursday, we're calling Pierre Friday at noon, and we're having a big old four and zero celebration. Yes, we sir. We definitely are, and that's a twenty twenty two quarterback as well, right in the same class with Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. If two is four and zero, the only one in that class and takes down Joe Burrow. I mean, come on. If if the Dolphins win Thursday, if Tua beats Joe. Burrow, you don't understand how reckless I'm going to be. We're coming in pantsless. We'll do the show pantsless. Uh, It's going to be no pants. It's going to be making wild declarations. It's going to piss everybody off. I can't wait. I'm going to be so reckless and unprofessional if the (laughs) Dolphins win on Thursday. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. And uh, we, we have to, we have to, we have to, before we wrap up here, talk about the Canes. Because in all sincerity, what the hell was that? I mean, Stone, they allowed 45 points to Middle Tennessee State, a team that FAU plays every year in Conference USA and beats. And the Canes, the Canes not only lost, but they lost big, and they gave up 45 points. I thought that it, the Canes, Mario Cristobal, sure, transition into a new coach, I, I, I knew there'd be some hiccups, but this is not a hiccup. This is like one of those I eat too much, I start hiccuping, then it turns into a belch, and then I'm vomiting. It's an uh-oh moment for yeah. sure. So I, I, I That's awesome, actually. Really, We've really, all been there. <laughs> we definitely have all been there, but for me, watching this game I, was an out-of-body experience for me. Like I <laughs> In felt, the worst way possible, like just, you're descending into hell. I, I did. I felt like I was descending into hell. Like I felt so bad for the guys on the sideline. I felt so bad for Tyler Van Dyke. I felt so bad for Mario Cristobal on the sideline. Why, just, why do you feel bad? Just because these are self-inflicted problems. Because if you were to go on any media outlet, right, any TV show, any radio show, and say, "What was who's the most embarrassing team in the NCAA right oh. now?" It's the Miami Hurricanes. So that's why you feel bad. Like because they're, they're embarrassing themselves. They're embarrassing themselves. They're a laughing stock of college football right now, and that wasn't obviously the goal coming into the season. <laughs> nope. So so you jog out onto the field on Saturday. You're 25 and a half point favorites against Middle Tennessee State, who we call a bottom feeder, right? Conference USA, not even contenders, right. and they get smacked around. And when you look at like the box score and how you know they scored touchdowns, it was an 89-yarder, it was a 91-yarder, it was a 68-yarder, 74-yarder. Yeah. And it's like that's Mario Cristobal's baby, right? The defense they didn't perform. Tyler Van Dyke had the fourth shortest Heisman odds. He goes out, benched, gets himself benched. He got benched against Middle Tennessee State, and he got borderline benched against. I think it was not borderline benched, but. They were calling for Jake Garcia in this Texas A&M game, and you thought, okay, you guys got a week to kind of get those kinks out, watch that film, throw it in the garbage. But then you come out there on Saturday as 25-and-a-half-point favorites and absolutely embarrass yourself. I'm somebody who likes to stick with it. I think Tyler Van Dyke should start, 
but now he's on a short lease. And for people calling for Jake Garcia, the backup quarterback, who originally started over him when Derek King went down last season yeah. or the season before that, I just, I don't know. Like I said, I had an antibody experience. I didn't know what they were going through mentally. I could only imagine. But they embarrassed all of us. They embarrassed all of the Hurricane fans. Obviously, everybody left hard rock before the fourth quarter even ended. And I, I, I really don't have much to say. And Mario Cristobal didn't have much to say as well. But I'm not going to lie. It was, it was one of the most pitiful things that I've ever seen. If I'm not mistaken, I was a little bit distracted. We were on the bus to Ross-Aid at Purdue. Um, and I was watching the opening moments of the Canes game, which was delayed by lightning. Wasn't didn't TVD start 0 of 2, both interceptions, one brought back for a pick six? Yes. That's how he started yes. his, his Saturday? I, I think one of three. Oh, one of three, but, two interceptions, which, one for an interception. Which uh, doesn't make it any better, but yeah, that, that is how he started <laughs> well, the good. game. He had one incompletion that hit the ground. <laughs> right. uh, or, or he threw one to flat and it was caught. Um, I just... I'm not going to overreact to this. It is growing pains. But sure. It's, it's growing pains I didn't think were there. I think you should overreact. So you it's think? Middle, it's I mean, Middle Tennessee. This is the great – This is that, Middle Tennessee. That's a good and, call. Because and, and every, you're right. That's yeah. the thing. I don't want to overreact, but everything inside of me is telling me there might be some major red flags here. Mario Cristobal, this wasn't supposed to happen under him. Even if this was a team with a ton of question marks, with a ton of issues, which I didn't think it was – it shouldn't have been like this. It's undisciplined. It's sloppy. It's bad. It was not competitive against Texas A&M at times on offense. It was definitely not competitive through vast stretches of the Middle Tennessee State game. And I keep I keep seeing though Canes fans Pierre saying, "Oh, you got to give Cristobal time." Cristobal's got to get time. I agree with that. He's taken over the program, but also this does fall a bit on the old ball coach, right? And he, he's he's the defensive guy, right? This yes. is, yeah. <laughs> this is where he's the one giving up ninety nine yards, <laughs> seventy four <laughs> yards. Like, yeah, at, at least those guys are supposed to play better than you know the offense. But man, it's it's Middle Tennessee. Like the recruiting is way better in Miami than in Middle Tennessee. Yeah. So ooh, that's I a, just a, like I see I see people on, on social media. I see tweets. Um, oh, it's only four games in. I don't understand all you you hot takers. But through four games, what have you seen from the Canes where you're like, oh, yeah, this is a well-coached team? This this is the problem. Does Mario Cristobal have his guys? No. Was Manny Diaz a great recruiter? No. Should they be better than they are, though? Yes. And by better, I mean uh, look like they belong on the same field offensively with the teams they're playing? Yes. And they don't. And that's the biggest problem for me. So... Uh, Mario, he's Mario. He'll, I think he'll get this thing rolling. But the Canes are not only bad on offense, it's boring, too. It, it, it's absolutely. Is this what we're going to get from Josh Gaddis? And he can talk about the receivers and the lack of scholarship receivers all he wants. The system is boring as hell. And I can imagine it's tough, right, for Tyler Van Dyke not having one secure with Manny Diaz. And now you have to go Josh Gaddis, who's trying to implement something brand new. And you can tell that it's brand new for Tyler Van Dyke. You can tell that he's going through his progressions a little more frantically than he had last season and he didn't even play all those games but you talk about Mario, Christ Mario Cristobal not having to the chance to develop all of his recruiting cycles and when they played Texas A&M it was like hey Jimbo's had five or six Mario has had half of one and he's still doing a good job bringing guys in here but you should be able to beat Middle Tennessee State you gave up 45 points a combination of South Fork High School and John I. Leonard football <laughs> players like like it, it, like you don't need recruiting you don't need to recruit these guys you should you're, you're Miami you should be able to come in and at least get near covering the spread and win by three scores for them to lose the game in itself was it, it, it's it's unacceptable it it's bad, bad. I, I, I again I don't want to be the guy who's like oh 
Mario Cristobal, what a huge disappointment. Because, again, the reality is it's only been four games. And, yes, they're all banged up. But Tyler Van Dyke, we're not even talking about a regression. We're talking about he has he has been, been put into a drill, and he has been been uh, drilled into the center of the earth at this point. Like he is, <laughs> he has fallen off a cliff and and fallen into Mariana's trench. Like he's bad, like bad, bad. Like can't play him bad. Pierre. So before the season started, me and Ken reached out to Tyler Van Dyke's agent to try to get an interview. If you had to give me a money figure, how much do you think that he was trying to make us pay for ten minutes? Oh wow, I didn't think. Um, no, that's was, the thing now, Pierre. It's welcome, a thing now. welcome to modern day college football, yeah. my friend. Give me a money number. Oh, Ten be, minutes. Ooh. To be on our show. Oh, I'd say two thousand dollars. $2,000 on the dot it. for 10 minutes to Tyler Van Dyke. This is not a joke, and I think you just threw a number out there. <laughs> no, Tyler, well, you know, you got to pay for the time. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Van Dyke's agent said, hey, you want Tyler for $10 or for 10 minutes? Then we're going to start at $2,000. And we said, nope, not going to happen. I thought he would say, like, oh, $40 or a <laughs> gift certificate. And it was $2,000. You know, Keep in mind, though. If he had a good agent, his agent would take the gift certificate. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we well, would be giving him a couple hundred bucks now, in Duffy's. Now his agent should be paying us $2,000 <laughs> to, to have Tyler him. Van Dyke on for 10 minutes. Okay? Um, it is. It is. This is beyond any sort of failure. I thought the Canes would be through four games. And I'm just wondering, we'll talk about this tomorrow when Theo is in, but if we've revised the goals for the Canes now from being in Charlotte to winning six games. Yeah, but I mean, everything you want is still in front it of It is, you, but right? are they good enough to even come close to achieving that? We'll see. They but will. everything they you bounce. want, they have to bounce back. Yeah, like you gave up 45 to Middle Tennessee State. I'm sorry, that's not normal. FAU's not going to do that this year. They're not. Everything you want is in front of you, Miami Hurricanes. Don't give up. Haven't played an ACC opponent. It ain't over yet. All right. Don't so. let this loss carry over. <laughs> <laughs> the wise words from the man who played the game, Pierre Garcia. Pierre, great stuff today. Appreciate Thank you, you brother. Thank you, guys. All right. That's Don Labanowitz. I'm Ken Levick, and we'll be back in studio tomorrow. Farewell from Heat Media Days. Bye-bye.